Hi, and welcome back to Wire to Wire with Nolan RECC. I'm Sarah Fellows, Communications Manager. And with me today, I have another very special guest, another one of our Honor Flight veterans, uh, Lisa Puckett. So Hi. thank you for being here with me today. You're welcome. Um, really, really excited to get to have this conversation with you. Um, we've got to, I got to talk to Mr. Kotala, that's our other Honor Flight veteran that's going on the Touchstone Energy Honor Flight. Uh, and so I'm just excited to get to sit down and talk to you about, about just your life, your history, your military service, um, kind of where you came from and, and what you've done and, and kind of looking forward to the Honor Flight and, and seeing what, uh, what we have to look forward to with that. So if we could just get started uh, with your history. Uh, okay. Can you talk a little bit about where you're from and your family? I know you, you said before we came on, you've got a big family. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, 13 of us. Wow. Okay. So we call it the Rothman thir Lucky 13. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't make it lucky since, you know, there's yeah. so many of us, but, uh, and we're all alive. Oh. I'm 66, my baby sister is around 42. Well, that's a blessing to have all of your siblings. Wow, right. yeah. I was born in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. My dad transferred to Virginia. My, uh, and then uh, eventually we ended up back in Kentucky. My dad and my mom both are from Bullock County. And we moved down to Hart County, which was the first time that I knew that people still had outhouses. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <'cause laughs> what year was that? 1960, around nine it was the year the astronauts landed on the moon so. oh and, and people still had outhouses at that time right right and oh, i did not know that <laughs> i wouldn't I, have since known i that grew either. up in military housing i was used to garbage disposals yeah but wow. <laughs> um yeah my dad served in uh, korea and then he served in vietnam and my mom's dad he served in world war one and my uh, dad's dad he served in um uh, <clears throat> the Navy, but he died before World War II. He died of bone cancer. So you come from a long line of military service. Right. That's amazing. And then none of my brothers, well, there's only four of them, but none of them joined the military. But uh, I have a sister that's uh, about four years younger than I am, and she joined the uh, Army, uh, Army Reserve. And then I have a sister that uh, joined the Air National Guard. I'm going to say she's probably about six years younger than I am. And then my baby sister, she went through Western Kentucky ROTC, graduated as a lieutenant. And uh, she, uh, her and her husband both ended up in uh, Iraq together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and they were fortunate enough to where they let them share a trailer. That is fortunate. Mm -hmm. Wow. But I joined in October 1974, uh, went to Lackland Air Force Base. And then uh, after I graduated from uh, basic, I also, they also do your tech school there. Okay. My only regret is when I graduated, they offered me canine. And I turned, them, I turned them down. Don't ask me why, because I love dogs. And German Shepherds are my favorite. Oh, well, so that would have been really neat, wouldn't it? I know, and I turned... I, so how old were you when you, so you joined the Air Force immediately out of, was that your uh, your first entry into military service then? Right, I was 18. 18 years old, okay, uh -huh. so right out of high school. Right. Okay. Got transferred to March Air, March Air Force Base, California, 
you know, that's the perfect spot. It's an hour from the mountains, so if you want snow, it's an hour from the beach, so oh. if you want the beach, nice. and it's an hour from the desert. And then it's about an hour out of, outside of LA. Nice, so that is a great spot. Oh yeah, Riverside, California. So how long were you there? Uh, almost, almost my entire time. Okay. Uh, I spent nine months in uh, Iraklion. It's a, uh, it's on the island of Crete. Oh, okay. Yeah, I became pregnant with my son and decided to get out because back then you had an option. Okay. I could have stayed. Sometimes I wish I had, but then if I had, I've, I wouldn't have had the career that I had in the federal service. Oh, okay. okay. So I had four years Air Force, and then I had 31 at the U.S. Bullion Depository there at Fort Knox. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. You'll have to tell us all the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a whole lot of stuff you can't talk about. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what did you do there? I was a police officer okay. uh, most of my career. Um, about seven years before I retired, I made sergeant. I just, I wanted that so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I fought the whole time I was in there and I finally made sergeant. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So were you in the military police in the Air Force as well or did you do something else? Right, no, okay. military police, yeah. Uh, like I said, Lackland, that's where they, they train all their security. Oh, okay. Back okay. then there was two, you had security law enforcement and then you had security, security. Okay. And all those poor guys got to do was go around a plane. Oh, wow. Because March Air Force was a SAC. Okay. So every time you turn around, we were having drills. Oh, okay. What is SAC? What does that mean? That means it's the, they have the nuclear uh, oh. bombs you put on the, the planes. Oh, the wow. planes are, are ready to go. So they were security for that, but do, you mm -hmm. did the police force mm -hmm. part of it. So what kinds of things yeah. did you do? Uh, just regular routine, uh, you know, um, police duties, patrol. They're on base? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gates. So did you always serve stateside then? No, I went to the, remember, I went to Iraq. Oh, that's right, to Crete. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So, yeah. The, but that was your only time outside of the United States? Right. Okay. Well, when my dad was in the military, I went to Germany. Oh, okay. So you grew up a little bit. Right. I was, elsewhere. and then we were at Fort Lee, Virginia. Okay. He got there, he, he went there twice. And we were supposed to have gone to, uh, oh, it's Japan, Okinawa. But at the last minute, they canceled his orders. Oh, okay. So we didn't go. So you spent most of your time, though, here mm -hmm. at Fort Knox. So did you live mm -hmm. in and around Fort Knox? Is that. Right. Well, actually, no. I did a 45-mile round trip. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I drove from Bonneville to Fort Knox every day. So what kinds of what kinds of things can you talk about in terms of your service during by the you know when you were up here at uh, Fort Knox? What kinds of things did you did you do and see? Uh, well, um, the the crown jewels of Hungary were there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, they're gone is the reason why I can <laughs> I can tell you that they're not there anymore. Okay. And then we did a lot of work for DOD. Okay. They had a lot of diamonds. They're supposed to have been industrial diamonds. But That's by the Department the, of Defense, right? You're yes, talking about, okay, right, just Department get of Defense. Yeah. But by the time that they, um, they took them out, there's no telling what they would have been worth. And then they had a lot of uh, semi-precious jewels like sapphires and emeralds and... I had no idea. Yeah. I don't guess I've ever given it that much thought to know that that's something that would have been kept in there. Mm -hmm. wow. And then we had these boxes wrapped in burlap, and you know what burlap smells like. Yes. So, and what was in it was jars of morphine, but it was powder. Huh. 
Huh. So I see that was in case I guess if another uh, a war, you know, and, yeah. they, and and so you had to add a liquid to it to. Uh, wow. Yeah, but they took all that out. Huh. Yeah, just about everything we had in there they took out. Gold's still there though. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Me. Can Trust you? Me, the gold is still there. <laughs> There's probably not as much as there was at one time. Uh -huh. I, I don't know. So did you actually get to go through and see all of that then? See, my little brother, I got him on. So what my little brother did, he worked with that with Doug Smith. I know that he does a lot of uh, taping of the of the gold vault. Okay. But uh, they were laborers, and what they would do is they would uh, pull all the gold out of a compartment. Mm -hmm. it, in fact, it was what they called an audit, a full-blown audit. And then they would take chips of gold, and then they had to sweep up the floor, you know, because it's kind of flaky, but it's filthy. <laughs> People, you see this pretty shiny. Oh, not. yeah, you think going through there, it's going to be like gleaming everywhere? Right, well, you can't, I mean, it's been in there since 1930, uh, is it 34 or 37? Oh, I don't know, yeah. But, yeah, it's dirty. <laughs> you don't think about that at all. No. So is it, so, so I, I kind of imagine it, though, kind of stacked up in big rooms. Is that, is that kind of what it's like? or? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I'm, when I, I can't, I'm kind of had to stop, you know. Gotcha. That. Okay. All right. But we had we had extensive training. Uh, we go to the same school that um, the NCIC that you see on TV uh -huh. and uh, ATF and all your bureaus of uh, printing and engraving okay. and uh, your um, on the border border patrol. Okay. And customs. So you all—that's uh, that same training pro, like same training place. Well, for, yes, it's the same training place, and then of course you sort—you have a basic law enforcement training, and okay. then everybody specializes. But they pay actors to uh, to, to work there. Oh, so okay. when you're when you're arresting somebody, it, it's not like arresting your your buddy. You know what uh -huh. I mean? It's actually somebody you don't know. Yeah. So it makes it more real. Oh wow. I yeah. never would have thought about that. Yeah, it makes it a lot more real. real. But um, we go to, we, used to, we went there quite often at first, but then they got to where, you know, budget cuts. So we were going like once every five years. Gotcha. So yeah. did you see a lot of like physical action? Did you have to do a lot? I mean, obviously you did a lot of patrolling, I would assume, right? If mm -hmm. you were kind of perimeter patrolling and that kind of thing, did you, did you all have to engage very often? Uh, not anything where you had to draw your weapon. Um, we always having to run off. We, for a long time there, we ran off, you know, anybody that were stopped to take pictures and oh, stuff. Okay, okay. And then we had a guy that it was before all the extensive updates on the security. Mm -hmm. So it was a wooden arm barrier down there at the entrance. Mm -hmm. And a guy had a, a um, diabetic <clears throat> episode. Oh wow! And so he drove through it, and then when they stopped him, um, he thought that he was at the uh, PX. Oh wow! He was needing something. Yeah. So oh, yeah, and then we had the occasional golfer. That's why they it used to be a four foot fence, and then that we upped it because so many people had to come and get that golf ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just had had that golf ball, and then one guy got well. After we put the six foot fence up, I think it's six, might be eight, but he got mad. And he threw his golf club over on the other on our side. You're so. kidding me. <laughs> that seems like that's not worth the risk. 
Well, he came around and he wanted to know if he could have it back, and uh, they pretty much told him that the law and the law enforcement officer uh, would have would have to decide whether or not he was going to go out there and get it for him. Oh my gosh! So of course he did. It's no big deal. Yeah. But that's another thing. A lot of people learned in the misconception that we're guards, but we're not. We're full law enforcement. Yeah. So did you only? stay around the boy the depository or did you like did you have to serve at other places on Fort Knox no for uh, that 50 acres is owned by the US Treasury oh, okay so if Fort Knox comes and cuts our grass we pay them interesting okay yeah, yeah, so you, you worked for them. the US government I mean obviously it's all you know government but so you worked directly you didn't work for anybody on Fort Knox. Right. It was okay. U.S. Mint, and then, and then U.S. Mint falls under the U.S. Treasury Department. Where okay. A lot of your security and law, law enforcement, they fell, they fall under Homeland Security now. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you just happened to be stationed at Fort Knox. Right. But I that. did get to see, uh, I, I went to the inauguration for Bush, and um, of course, you know, that's real high security. And, and we didn't have a lot of time to do anything because our main mission, but they stuck me on this post. And it just so happened that uh, there was a group that dressed all in black, their faces were black, but I can't remember what the name of it was. Hmm. It's not like what they have the groups today. And uh, the horses come down through there on the, uh, oh, it's your uh, park, park service. Oh, okay. They had a uh, <clears throat> equestrian unit, and uh, it was so neat. Because those horses, you know, they're in body armor, and their shoes, you know, when they, when they step, especially when you've got, like, several horses, and they're all stepping in unison. Yeah. It is, yeah, it I was so was neat. Yeah, I bet that was something to see. Yeah. So did you, have you spent much time in D.C.? Uh, off and on, uh, but um, like I said, that was the, I think that was the longest I ever stayed there. But again, no, we were just, but I did get to, I did get to visit each mint. Okay. I did go there once for, um, because I got a, a woman's honor. Oh, neat. Yeah. Oh, very and, neat. Uh, I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> I'm still, we, we, like I said, we, we, are, we are cleaning our garage. That's what we're doing. But I had a, I had a plaque, you know, it was about like that and uh -huh. skinny and it, it uh, yeah. And then, um, and then I got to see uh, Philadelphia. And the reason why I got to see Philadelphia is because I was on a uniform committee and we were trying to synchronize our uniforms, you know, so we'd all look alike, all oh. have the same equipment. Yeah. And I stayed there a week. And that's the, by the Liberty Bell. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I got to see that. And then the uh, Denver was, three, uh, was short officers, and they asked for volunteers. And I'm one of those type of people, if you ask for a volunteer, I'm going to be the first person <laughs> to raise their hand. I just, <laughs> it's just in me. Uh-huh. And uh, so I, I had to stay there three weeks. And of course it was during the winter time. And it's funny because all the snow that fell, it really didn't fall inside the city. Hmm, that's interesting. I've never been there. Oh, it's, it's, it's nice. I bet it's a pretty place. Yeah. And um, like I said, I worked three weeks there and then I got to go out to San Francisco twice. So it, it, it moved you around the country a little bit too then. That's neat. You got to see different places. Yeah. And 
So what did it mean for you to get to, to serve, well, first of all, in the military, because you did your, your years there, uh, but then working for the federal government in a similar capacity, really. What's it meant to you to be able to do that with your life? Well, you know, when I was, I didn't really think about it. I never stopped to think, oh, look what you're doing. Yeah. It just, it was just like second nature. It's like, okay, your dad, you know, I, I remember being on Fort Knox with my dad all the time. and. And yeah, I never, you know, people say thank you and it's and it's just a shock because again, it's kind of like something that I do. Yeah. It's in me. So, it doesn't I don't it it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything special. It just feels like I'm doing my job. Right. Yeah. But so. your job is a great service to the country. So, right. just, yeah, but you don't think of it that way. No, I just think of something I had to do. Hmm. Well, and that's one of the neat things I think about the honor flight is that it helps veterans to see, I think, at least I haven't gotten to go on it, but I, I'm, I've been there for the welcome home ceremonies. And I know the whole day is like that. And I won't talk a lot about it because it really kind of has to be a surprise for you. But it just the, the ability to show appreciation to our veterans for all the, all the service that you've, you've given to the country, um, whether it's stateside or in combat or, or whatever. I mean, it's, it's a great service that, that our veterans have done. And so that's one of the neat things about the honor flight, though. I think you get to experience some of that gratitude that maybe you, you haven't before. Right. See, yeah. I came in at the end of Vietnam. So technically, I'm a Vietnam uh, veteran. Okay. But I, there was a lot of my uh, supervisors, my sergeants, and uh, they, um, they had a hard time. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't something that they, and they, and they were old. I, I mean, they were probably only maybe two or four years older than me, hmm. but they were old. It had aged them that much. Yeah, and, and not in looks either, just, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a little bit, but more, you know, even their minds, you know. Yeah, we've, the, some of the Honor Flight veterans we've sent, several are, have been Vietnam veterans, and I know that's been a really difficult, some of it's difficult to talk about, obviously, but just, mm -hmm. you know, not being welcomed back home and those kinds of things really, I think, I think it hurt a lot of, a, a lot of people, justifiably, it, you know, hurt them in terms of what that did to them after they'd served their country and to be, not welcomed back home and, and sometimes even, you know, you know, ridiculed. It, it, was, it was a hard time, I think. Well, see, my dad didn't really talk about Vietnam, and the only story he ever told me about Korea was the lieutenant or the captain, he kind of left these guys and told them he'd be back in the morning. And when, of course, when he came back, there wasn't very many of them alive. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. You know, well, Vietnam, too, when you're taking... Uh, taking property and then you turn around and you're moving back and giving it all back. I can imagine what kind of uh, mental stress that was on those yeah. guys. So, it, I mean, talk about stress though. I, I think about you all having to, to guard, you know, guard Fort Knox. I, I would think that that would be a kind of a stressful job. Is that something that you found stressful? <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> it was one of those like the military, hurry up and wait. Okay, yeah. We trained and trained and trained. Okay, now we're waiting. Yeah. Kind of like fire, firemen, you know? Yeah. You're, you're waiting for something to happen, and uh, I mean, hopefully it doesn't. Right, so I guess it's good that it, I mean, it's good that it didn't happen, right? Right, but, it's yeah. good that it didn't happen, but at the same time, you know, um, a lot of people can't do it. Oh, yeah. Well, you have I to pay attention you. all the time. I'm sure, I mean, you can't. 
you can't drop your attention because you've got to watch for right for that to happen, whatever it is. But one good thing about that, they only keep you about a they only keep you a certain amount of time on post. Okay, and that's and so then you know you're moving around and uh, some posts you know you have to pay more attention than others. So um, yeah, you can kind of like when you're certain in posts, you know, you can take your eyes off of. Mm -hmm. You don't, you're not constantly looking. That's good. That would, yeah. I would think that would be almost impossible to do all the time. I mean, to right. be that concentrated. Well, for a long time, they wouldn't let us have radios. And then they found out that actually that keeps people more alert mm -hmm. when they have a radio. Right. Yeah, I could see that. We got it at 9-11. 9-11 made a big change at the, at the uh, Bullion Depository. Right. Yeah, it would have done yeah. that. What, what, were the, what did you think were the biggest changes that, that you could talk about? We got so much more equipment, so much more high-tech equipment. It was just unreal. And then <clears throat> because of that, you know, they refigured the gates on Fort Knox right. because there used to be a gate that you would have to go through. And then, of course, uh, Chaffee Gate was over, and that was the main gate. Now the Gold Vault Road there, that's the main gate. Right. But, um, <clears throat> and I will never forget that uh, they... So we guarded that gate after 9-11. We took, we took over that gate. So were you on post when 9-11 happened? What, what yeah. was that like? I mean, because I can remember thinking, like, that could be a target easily. I mean, I'm sure you all were thinking that. See, we have a kitchen. We have, we have a full stock kitchen. So I'm watching TV. Um, I was on one of the inside posts. And I remember watching it and... Um, I, I was watching it when it was live and the second plane went into the building. Mm. But at that time, it didn't register. Right. I'm thinking I'm still watching the first plane go into the building. Yeah. And I don't know how others felt, but it got to where I could not watch it. I watched it so much mm -hmm. that it just got to where I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Well, and it, again, I mean, I think being there on a on a potential target, I mean, that's got to heighten your emotionality around it. And like, I would have been afraid. I mean, I was afraid being this close to Fort Knox, but to be right there in the middle of it, to feel so exposed, I think. I don't know, did, did you all feel like, like that could happen? I mean, like you could be a target there? <sighs> if I did, it was not, it didn't bother me. Cause that, that again, that's, that's my job. Mm -hmm. Kind of sounds like you have nerves of steel. <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like from this side of it. It really does. Uh, I have a slow reaction time. <laughs> well, it just sounds to me like you've, I mean, you, you're well-trained, obviously, and you, but your temperament is such that you just, you're just ready to do what you need to do. And I, I mean, not ever, certainly not everybody could do that. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Well, so, you know, we're, you're getting ready to go on the honor flight in September. And um, so do you know anything about it? Have you heard, have you heard much about it? No, the, I, I, well, I, I, my ex-husband back, uh, his dad's dead now. His name was Blonde Puckett. And he was, I'm pretty sure, World War II survivor. But um, he went. And I just happened to read the Hart County newspaper, mm -hmm. and I saw where they had gone. Mm -hmm. And I talked, I talked to uh, Neil every once in a while, not a lot, but 
um, I really felt bad when his dad died because I knew that it, he meant a lot to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've heard a little bit about it just from, from someone who's gotten to go. Well, mm -hmm. so what are you most looking forward to? Obviously, there is an Air Force uh, memorial. Um, have you seen, have you gotten to see that? No, I don't think so. It's really neat. <laughs> I, I have gotten to see yeah. it. So I, I think, I do believe that you all would get to go to that. I don't know the full schedule, but right. um, what are you most looking forward to? I love the Korean War Memorial mm. at all, and, and uh, Roosevelt. I love the water, but I, the, I don't know. I know the Vietnam means a lot to a lot of people, but the mm -hmm. Korean War, those, those boys mm -hmm. and the expressions on their faces, you just... It feels real. I mean, it is very touching. You're right, you're right there with them, like and, face to face. And you cannot go enough. I mean, if you go... I, I took my mom up there. Of course, my mom wanted to go to the... Uh, Arlington Cemetery. That's what meant a lot to her. Mm -hmm. And I wanted her to go on this one, but you know, she's gotten to where she can't walk very well. So mm -hmm. I said, my daughter's going to go with me. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. She'll be your guardian. Mm -hmm. That's great. It's neat when our veterans get to share that with a, with a child, especially, or a or sibling. And right. That's really neat. Well, is there anything else uh, you wanted to talk about it, just in terms of kind of you know, the honor flight or, or anything about your experience in the, in the Air Force or, or working for the government uh, there on Fort Knox. Is there anything else we've missed that you wanted to talk about? I can't think of anything. The only thing, I have a letter of accommodation right here, and oh, it has to do with a horse. <laughs> okay, you had to tell that story. All right. <laughs> it says a big thank you to uh, Airman Lisa Puckett for her outstanding job. On 27 March 1977, it was only through uh, Airman Puckett's outstanding performance that we were able to return a runaway horse to its corral at the March Air Force Base stables. Well done. Very nice. So you wrangled a horse. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> but I grew up with them. So, you know, and these guys, they were, they were making all kinds of mistakes. And see, that's nothing. When I joined, there, was no, there wasn't a female on that base I wondered, in, yeah. in police. But uh, yeah, they were doing everything wrong. Of course, you know, at first they were like with me, oh no, you don't know what you're doing. I said, yeah, I do, yeah. I do, I do know what I'm doing. Yeah. So they actually wrote that. That is amazing, uh, I love that. Yeah, they actually wrote that for me. <laughs> well, that's, well, congratulations on that. That's really cool. And you brought, I see you brought a, a medal too. This is my, my uh, badge. Oh, okay, awesome. That's my badge. Oh, neat. And I look like a little kid there, but that oh, is you my... you do look like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like you're more than, what, 15 there? But that's when you were 18? 18. Oh, wow. Oh, this, yeah. well, this is really neat. Yeah. Very cool. Like I well, said, I thought I'd lost it. And uh, when we were going through that box today, it was like, oh, man, I can't believe I found it. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for your service, first of all. Um, again, I know, I know you don't... Maybe you don't see it quite as the service that it is, but it, it certainly is um, to give your life to our country and the way that you have. And, and thank you for coming to talk to me about it and uh, sharing your story. And I can't wait to hear how, how the honor flight is for you. We'll, uh, we'll follow up with you and hear how that goes. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And thank you for joining us for Wire to Wire with Nolan, RECC. -E